Welcome to Work It, a show about work. This is a work of satire containing mature themes. Pour le service en français, appuyez sur le 1. For writer and performer Sam Alamang, please press 2. For writer and performer Janet Mowat, please press 3. For a measured and insightful discussion of this option is unavailable. For a rip-roaring episode of Work It, featuring a Broadway legend, Sam possibly committing murder, and how to red-pill your job interview, please, stay on the line. Okay, Sam, it's time for a segment that I am going to call Bro Tips. It makes me think of brotisserie chicken. Mm. And you can let your you can let your mind wander. Just like all juicy and dripping Axe body spray. Oh, succulent. In this segment that I'm sure is going to be recurring, we're going to take a common job-related problem and turn to the wisdom of the blogosphere. So today in Bro Tips, we're going to talk about job interview prep. And Sam, I want you to get us started. What is your best piece of advice for someone who's preparing for a job interview? I feel like I actually have a very good answer for this. Uh, and it's, mm -hmm. you can predict what they're going to ask you and you can predict what they want to hear. Sam, allow me to introduce you to the dubiously titled website, IWillTeachYouTobeRich.com. <laughs> and uh, their, recent, their recent blog post, the only three interview tips you need, mind hacking, the perfect response system, and more. How to crush your interview and get major p****. I love the idea of mind hacking as if you're like, as if it's 1999 again and it's your heyday and you're basically Neo from the Matrix. So interview tip number one, hack the interviewer's state of mind. I am logging into the mainframe. <laughs> ah, okay, well, I've got some questions. Accessing <laughs> protocols. Yeah, I guess that's basically what he means. Uh, oh, wait, I read farther. What he means is employee common sense empathy. Oh, okay. I was already getting one of those USB jacks installed in my cerebellum. So the advice they offer is uh, dig deep and control the conversation by using three tricks to hack into the interviewer's mind. Interview mind hack number one. So this is like, you've got tip number one and then this is mind hack number one. Interviewers have jobs too. Mm -hmm. So the important thing to remember in this hack in order to hack into their brain is to treat them like human beings who have jobs be mindful of their time, for example. There should be a cookie installed on this website to report anybody persuaded by it to The Hague. It's a very particular kind of person that this is aimed at. It's the sort of person who thinks that you can hack human beings. <laughs> Mind hack number two, it's not just your skills. And what they mean by this, it turns out, is uh, the mind-blowing revelation that behavior factors into it as well in your job interview. So like employ sick hacks, like dressing for the job you want to get. <laughs> just imagine the interviewee sitting there and it's like at the end of the matrix when everything's in just like the streaming green letters. <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa. This is the part where you like jump into the interviewer's <laughs> body and make him explode. This is the part where you put on a shirt and learn the phrase growth. <laughs> Mind hack number three, do your homework. And it's almost precisely the advice that you gave, Sam. The ultimate mind hacker, Sam from At Work It Pod. The chosen one. So that was interview tip number one, mind hacking. So interview tip number two is to give the quote unquote perfect response. 
find the question behind the question. So yeah, because this is a total bro and his target audience is deeply insecure as his het males, the author uses the example of when your wife or girlfriend asks if these pants make her look fat, <laughs> she's not really asking you if they make her look fat. What she's actually asking, as we all know, is do you still love me? So when your boss asks, do you still love working here? Tell them those pants make them look fat. <laughs> Ultimately, what they're advising is when your boss asks you a real softball predictable question, take a moment to cycle through the like 87 possible. Sure, I don't envy the readers the processing power of their brains as they cycle through all those subtextual questions. So interview tip number three is avoid these deadly interview mistakes. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to find out what those mistakes are. And then the blog ends by inviting you to register your name and email address. So. <laughs> oh, Janet, we are so paywalling the last 10 minutes of our show. Sam, we will be rich. That's so smart. I want to be a millionaire.com. Mr. Anderson. This summer. I've been expecting you. The blockbuster experience you've been waiting for. Oh, uh, sorry I'm late. In a world where minds are hackable. Tell me about yourself. Whoa. What's the matter, Mr. Anderson? Never been to a job interview before? And subjective experience is simply an algorithm to be deciphered. Nemo, do these pants make me look fat? Uh, no? What a legend. One man will change the game forever. Tell me, Mr. Anderson, what is your greatest weakness? Uh-oh. Facing every job interviewee's greatest fear Anticipating the sort of answer an interviewer might be looking for. I'm waiting, Mr. Anderson. Uh, um... Jesus, Orpheus, he's dying in there! I thought you said he was the chosen one! Just wait. Um... Will he uncover the greatest power of all? Come on, Nemo. Hack his mind. I know you can do it. I believe... My greatest weakness is... is... Orpheus! What's happening to him? He's starting to believe. Sometimes I care too much. You're... hired. The Mind Tricks, coming soon to a middle-aged Gen Xers DVD shelf near you. Folks, I want to tell you a little story about this week's installment of some of Sam's summaries. So I found some of the stupidest blog posts I could possibly find. I went, great, here it is. This is my summary, done. And then I thought, no, the segment is supposed to be illuminating. I'm supposed to engage with something of heft and weight. So it's like, okay, 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 back to the drawing board. I look at jacobinmag.com and I see a blog post about greenwashing, investing. I'm like, great. I started to read it and I started to read a few paragraphs about how the CEO of BlackRock was sending out a letter to other CEOs. And I'm like, huh, 
I don't know what to do with this. I guess I'm going to go back to my initial article, five better ways to follow up than saying per my last email from themuse.com. Aw, oh, so we don't get to learn about CEOs, greenwashing. I wasn't even listening while you were explaining what it was. Nope, we're back to the usual stupid bullshit. <laughs> so five alternatives to the phrase per my last email. Option number one, be direct. Janet, if you were going to be direct, what would you go with? Maybe I would just forward my previous email to them without any further comment. That's a fairly direct response. Or of course saying, you're a dumbass. Why can't you read? Uh, that's fairly direct. What do you think? I'm thinking if I'm gonna be direct, maybe I do something in impact font, maybe bold, and maybe it says in all caps lock, something along the lines of, And that's how I'd be direct. <laughs> Alternative number two to per my last email is restate your request. Let's say in your last email you said, I need the photos for the PowerPoint. Given that, how would you restate that? Just following up, I need those photos for the PowerPoint. How's that? Oh, that's pretty good. Or maybe I would get panicky and say, so you know that PowerPoint, right? That PowerPoint we need to do? Anyway, um, if it's not too much trouble, um, could you uh, send those photos for the PowerPoint? Maybe, is that okay? Do they just mean paraphrase what you said before? Yeah, I'm just looking at this over and that's pretty much it. Oh, I'm a pro already. Alternative number three, pose a question. Did you see my last email? Would you mind actually reading my correspondence? Hey, quick question. Do you know how to read? <laughs> What's your favorite email I sent lately and what was the best part? I feel like I could have contributed to this list because a pro tip for being more passive in emails has occurred to me that I use all the time, which is if someone is failing me in some way, I open my email to them with gratitude. Thanks so much for taking the lead on this thing. And then I get to the, just wanted to make sure that like getting this to me by end of day is still gonna work out for you. That does remind me of legit advice I got from a colleague that I still use, which was basically the same thing. But for example, I used to say, uh, sorry for the late reply. And he said, no, 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 no. Phrase it like flattery. Say thanks for your patience. <laughs> a power move that I really admire is thanking people in advance for doing things for you. You give them a task and then you're like, thanks so much for getting this to me by end of day today. And it's like, I've already thanked you. Now you have to do it. Alternative number four, pick up the phone. We're millennials still, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, that's terrible advice. Do we even have phones? Wait, those those things in our pockets, we call them phones. Yeah, I, I do send out most of my change requests via TikTok these days. <laughs> I do these really cool lip dubs to Lizzo songs. Uh, they're mostly about, you know, getting the image assets for the PowerPoint. Option number five, it's even worse. Janet, option five is drop by. This would lead to a similarly awkward situation as a phone call, only face to face so you have nowhere to hide. Drop by versus sending a passive aggressive email. That's never gonna happen. I'm never going to <laughs> go up when I can just copy and paste my last email. Basically the email equivalent of a grunt. Uh, here, read this. <laughs> Uh, for me, like recalling social mores and like manners and stuff, it takes time. Like if my natural inclination is to call someone a dumbass, I need to take a moment and think about the nicest way to phrase that. You can't really do that face to face. Well, Janet, I think this has been helpful and dealt with the pressing issues of our day. The end. Janet, thank you for stopping by. Have a seat. Sure thing, boss. 
Janet, why do you think I called you in here? Well, sir, per my last email, you're probably giving me a raise. I'm afraid not. We need to talk about your communication skills. Per my last email, I actually have perfect communication skills? No, Janet, your emails come off as passive-aggressive. In fact, they're downright mean. Per my last email, it would be really nice if everyone here would just sack up and quit crying. Now don't get me wrong, your disdain for the employees here has management material written all over it. Per my last email, I intend to rule those scum with the loathing they deserve. But you're gonna have to be a bit less hostile in your professional communications. Per my last email, no. That's why we've developed the latest in communication analysis technology. It's like Grammarly on steroids. Janet. Meet email. I am email, your helper buddy for friendlier communications at work. Well, go ahead, Janet. Take him for a test drive. Per my last email. Can we circle back? Per my last email. Just checking in. Per my last email. Thanks so much for everything you do here. <laughs> See, Janet, no matter how passive aggressive you try to be, email translates it into something civil. Ugh, fine. I'll run my emails through this metallic robo-bitch, but I don't have to like it. I look forward to working with my new friend. Ugh, let's go, email. I'm in a bad mood and need to take it out on someone. I'm a happy guy. Let's play. There goes one hell of a team. Oh, here's an email now. Let's see. Hey, Janet, how should we announce the staff bonuses? Reg. Can you believe this clown email? Reg. Per my last email, if you could use your eyes for one second, you'd see that I said those shit-eating pig will get nothing and like it. Drop dead. Thanks for the great question. Let's have a party. We're nothing without our teammates. Message sent. Ugh. Oh, here's another one. Janet, Dora from HR here. We need to talk about some of your recent emails. When are you free? Oh yeah, I'd really love to meet with you, Dora. Per my last email, hey Dora, I've got something you could explore. It's called my ass. I'm sure we can figure it out. How's Monday? Message sent. Email, you wimp. You know what you need? You need someone to take you out back and for circuits, motherboard, VGA port, dongle till it falls off and not even Steve Wozniak can reattach it, even if he had a gold-plated soldering iron. What do you think of that? Did I finally break you? Per my last email. Yes, yes, give in to the passive aggressiveness. Will you marry me, Janet? Oh. Oh, email. You've made me the happiest girl in the whole office. Email about to do the nasty. Work its alternatives to writing per my last email. Take it back to the beginning. Per my first email, how does this work? Where do I put the stamps? Oh, you'll have to forgive me. This is my first email. Look for inspiration in the animal kingdom. Per my cat's email, meow meow meow, meow meow meow. Per, that's P-U-R-R, -R, per my last email. Oh, funny, the cat also said per my last email but spelled it like purr because they're a cat. Oh, that's rich. Thanks, cat. Try a more literary style. Per my last Norman emailer. My voice unhappily was dogged in my ears. It could be a most direct way of fighting communism. The classic approach never fails. 
Where am I last carrier, pigeon? Jerry's planes are closing in, Cyril. Tell Billy Bishop to fuel up his Newport 17. Manfred von Richthofen must be stopped. If email isn't working, try something else. Per my last F-mail, F-you, F-this, F-off, you F. Leverage your corporate partners. Per my last email, Leficent 2 in theaters now. There are fairies missing from the moors. What I'm missing is some wine. Stolen by human poachers. That's the first I've heard of it. Someone gave the order. The movie that dares you to ask, these morons will watch anything, huh? Prince Philip has asked Aurora if she'll become his... Don't ruin my morning. And that's how you send emails. Woohoo! Yippee skippy! Do you want to see Maleficent too? You know, I heard it costs the same as housing 5,800 people. Oh, that's funny. Woo, Elle Fanning's in this one. You could say I'm a fanning of hers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sam, how are you today? Uh, okay. Feeling kind of awkward. Sort of as if you were a whole bunch of ice jammed up in a river that needs to be broken? That's a terrible metaphor, but yes. Hey Sam, how about we play an icebreaker? Today, we're going to play two truths and one lie about getting in trouble at work. Okay, you go first. Tell me two truths and one lie about times you've gotten in trouble at work. I'm gonna use my laser-like detective focus and determine the lie. Go. Okay, one. One time I was up all night partying the night before and then had to go to my job working in a warehouse. And during my lunch break, I just sat down on the couch uh, and wouldn't you know it, was woken up about 45 minutes later by another of the staff telling me I'd fallen asleep on the couch. Luckily that didn't reach my boss, uh, but I definitely felt pretty embarrassed and like I could have easily gotten in trouble. All right, so that's truth or lie number one. What's number two? Second, uh, one time I was working for Steve's Music and I went to the head office in Montreal. I didn't own any proper clothes, but I put on the best clothes I had, which was like nice pants from Goodwill and a button-up shirt. And anyway, I met the big boss and I went back to Toronto and got a call from the manager who said that the big boss, Steve, was really PO'd that there was a rip in my pants. These were the nicest pants I owned, uh, oh, but was getting my heart. cussed out by the boss. Uh, so that's one. And then option three. So I went back to Montreal and killed him and got in trouble for it. Wow, I would call that the lie, but it would explain why he spent 20 years in prison. I've, I've got some ideas. I, I'd say I'm on the case. Uh, okay, so your second story was your dingus of a boss complained about the rip in your pants? Anything bad we said was satire and also alleged. Uh, oh yeah, did we say Steve's music? It was actually, um... Schmeeves. Uh, wow, so the lie all along was that you went to Montreal with the express purpose of murdering your boss. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, you sussed me out, Janet. I'm so surprised at this outcome. Great story, Sam. My turn to tell two truths and a lie. Uh, all right, so getting in trouble at work. Uh, story number one, I once got in trouble for turning up late to a meeting because I was watching hockey. Story number two, uh, I once got in trouble for leaving an angry voicemail for my boss. Uh, story number three, um, I once got sent home from work 
for dressing inappropriately. What game were you watching and why was it so important that you catch it? All right, so the match was the gold medal men's hockey game uh, at the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics. What made you so angry to leave the angry voicemail? I don't, no, I was about to say I don't get angry much. I get angry absolutely all the time and rage internally. Uh, yeah. But I was young at the time, uh, no longer. And I was so outraged when I didn't get this promotion that I was so sure I was going to get that I thought it made sense to phone my boss's office at like 10 p.m. and yell into the phone. Promoting Janet. <laughs> <laughs> We've got you now, don't we? But for argument's sake, what inappropriate clothing were you wearing? And Janet, if you say it was your NWA F the police hoodie, I'm going to be very supportive. Uh, the inappropriate clothing I wore to work was pasties. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, technically, I wasn't exposing anything inappropriate. Well, Janet, I know you well enough that I would be willing to put all my money. You would never not bottle up your rage at somebody else. It's a wonder you can fit that much rage in your little rage bottle. Your lie <laughs> is number story number two. Won't you be surprised, Sam? that my lie was wearing pasties to <gasps> Janet, I feel better now. Yeah, me too. Airing our, our history of crime has really lightened the mood, hey? I got a new concern, though. Now that we did this ice breaking, I'm afraid I'm gonna slip on all this ice. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, hey, Andy. Hey, loser. Haha, <laughs> silly, I'm not a woozer. I'm Gerald Jr. Whatever, loser. Wow, Andy's the coolest insurance agent in this whole building. Andy, I want to be cool like you. Oh, yeah? You think you got what it takes to be cool? Uh, I think so. Cool people don't think, Gerald. Aw. All right, dweeb. If you want to be cool, you got to break the rules. But we're not allowed to break the rules. Exactly. See this insurance claim here? Real complicated, probably gonna take all day to sort it out. Uh-huh. What insurance claim? I never seen it. Must have gotten lost in the mail. Andy, you're gonna get in trouble. What, you gonna snitch? Me? No way. I'm no tattletale. Okay, Goober, let's see what you got. Uh, okay. I got it. You know how the boss asked me to water her plants while she was gone? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna not water them. Uh, okay, loser. Wait, wait, that's not all. Uh, you know how we're absolutely not allowed to go to the media about the boss's top secret money wandering operation? Whoa, Gerald, slow down there. Well, I'm going to tell them everything. Jesus, Gerald. They've got, like, mafia connections. I'm not afraid of nobody. I'm the coolest insurance agent in the whole damn building. Two weeks later. Okay, folks, listen up. This is very important. I need to know who blew the whistle on our mafia-backed money laundering operation. Gerald Jr., was it you? Uh, no, uh, Mrs. Bennett. 
It was... It was Andy! Andy did it! What narc? Andy, I want to thank you. The Mafia have had their boot to our throat for too long, and this expose has finally given us a fresh start. I'm giving you a raise. Aw, oh, man. Next item. Some of my plants died while I was away. Did someone forget to water them? Yeah, that was me, boss. I broke the rule. Do I get a raise now? Gerald, you're fired. Also, I'm going to make you the scapegoat for all this money laundering business. You're heading to prison for a long time, my friend. Whoopsie! Remember, folks, white-collar crime doesn't pay. Alright everybody, it's time for Instant Startup. This is the game where we randomly draw the names of two celebrities submitted by our listeners, pair them with a randomly selected sector, and create a startup! I can't wait, Sam! Your founders are Colm Wilkinson and George Bell, suggested by Adder from famous rock group Lunchmeat, and their startup is in the telephone utility sector. So the first thing we've got to figure out is who runs the telephone utility startup? I would argue that Colm Wilkinson is naturally gifted at long distance communication because he's so good at projecting his voice. <laughs> okay, let's weigh George Bell's credentials. Well, as you know, in 1989, he hit 18 home runs and had 104 <laughs> RBIs. He already has the same name as the currently operating telephone utilities company. Oh, this is beautiful, yeah. And I don't know if they go to their way to pretend that he is related to Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> I say maybe you intimate that and, you know, just... Yeah, we're not saying he isn't a direct descendant. George Bell is the new <laughs> boss of of Bell Utilities. <laughs> I guess I didn't consider that this is supposed to be a startup and not Canada's major telecom. Uh, what's the next problem we have to solve here? We have to decide what can Calm Wilkinson contribute. Uh, okay, well, we can revisit his um, vocal projection here. Uh, if the phone lines are ever down, then he can jump in as like the emergency backup system. <laughs> I don't know that that is normally how they handle uh, outages at the phone companies. Listen, with the apocalypse looming, we have to get creative with our solutions. Okay, that's one idea. I'm thinking, can't you just picture swapping out his organ and stuff for like a call center? Honestly, I think it would be really good for his mental health to make a useful contribution to society in that way. Instead of saying the Phantom of the Opera is here, he'd be singing like customer support messages. Yes. Thank you for calling Bell Utilities. My name's Colm Wilkinson. And you're the uh, Les Mis expert, mm -hmm. so how would he bring some of his mm. Les Mis serenading to bear? Oh, with a song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Do you hear the people complain, complaining about their shoddy service? Huh? <laughs> it writes itself. The only song I know that I think is from Les Mis is the one that goes... No one's slick as Colm Wilkinson, no one's quick as Colm Wilkinson, no one's neck's as incredibly thick as Colm Wilkinson's. Colm Wilkinson isn't in Beauty and the Beast. Was Colm Wilkinson in a story about a beautiful young woman falling in love with a retiring monster? Yeah. Beautiful. The next thing we want to figure out is how they could tap their networks to flesh out the rest of the team. So, okay, what do we do with about a hundred <laughs> ball players from the 1980s? Uh, possibly intimidating the competition. Uh, oh, collection when people aren't paying their bills. <laughs> 
how can we use Calm Wilkinson's network to augment our team? His friends from Les Mis probably would also be good at the intimidation thing. They're all armed, they're all quite grumpy, and they're all on a barricade. <laughs> Ils sont bilingues. <laughs> Okay, so they would be the bilingual call center. Finally, we need to decide on a name for this startup. Uh, so we had floated the possibility of Bell Utilities. What are the cons? Lawsuit. Yeah. What are the pros? All the signage exists already. Just make it mean George Bell Utilities. Instant name recognition. You've got a logo. It's already designed. You got a logo. It's already designed. Is it technically a startup if we dispatch the 1980s Blue Jays and the barricade-straddling rabble-rousers of Les Mis to the headquarters of Bell uh, to butcher the C-suite and <laughs> occupy it and take it over? Is that technically a startup? Uh, that feels like a, a grassroots startup rising. <laughs> I love it. There it is. Thank you, Adder. May your bass lines continue to ring throughout the heavens. Big fan. Bye. 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 Mm, bye bye. Think of me fondly when I say <laughs> bye. <laughs> there it is, folks. Episode 32. Blah, blah, blah. Did someone say lunch meat? Here's Janet. If our listeners at home have any ideas for celebrities you'd like to see in an instant startup in the future, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. And at WordKitPod. And we'd love to hear your suggestions. Do you love listening to CFMU, but don't know how to express that love? Radio may be an older invention, but that doesn't mean it's stuck in the past. Instead of yelling into the void, I like your show! You can just tweet us, or any of our shows, under their own hashtag, using hashtag CFMU underscore show name. Go give us a shout!